Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. I also wanted to, uh, also Paul will say practically the same thing in his letter to the Colossians. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. The grass withers, the flower falls, but God's word abides forever. Amen? Amen. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, here we are told to honor those who reflect you, those who have been placed in a position of father and mother, those in authority over us. We pray that you would enable us to do so, to honor those in authority over us. And for those who are in authority, fathers and mothers, and bosses and so, we pray, O oh Lord, that you would enable us also to guide and direct, encourage, strengthen, love those under our care. Help us to be those shepherds, those that love their children, those in authority, those under their authority. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would, as we are uh, listening to this application of what it is to be a child of God, walking and following Jesus, we pray, O oh Lord, that we would be able to hear and see your care for us as well. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, it's been said that, the, that imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. True. If somebody imitates you, it's actually a compliment. Hopefully it's a good imitation, not a bad one. Many years ago, there was a pastor who preached the charge to, his, to the congregation of his, um, where his son was becoming a pastor. And he did something that I thought was pretty uh, funny. Normally, if you notice in the sermon outline, how many points is normally in a sermon? Three points. He said, I'm going to do something different. I've got one point, but I've got three texts. Instead of one text, three points. And his point was, to the charge to the congregation was, esteem your pastor, it will be good for you. I thought that was a very interesting um, sermon. As a matter of fact, it's one of those sermons that I remember. Um, esteem or honor your pastor, it will be good for you. Uh, the text that he used was 1 Thessalonians 5.13, among others. 
But as I, as I thought about that, in a sense, I realized that this message is also true. And so the title, Honor Your Father and Mother, It Will Be Good For You. That's kind of the inspiration of the title. We, we read earlier Deuteronomy chapter 6 in devotion. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, like I said, where the Ten Commandments are reiterated, what is the commandment concerning parents? Honor your father and your mother. Here in our text, we find the same commandment. Verse 2, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment, with the promise. Stop and think about that. How many of the commandments of the Ten Commandments have a promise? If you do this, this is what you'll benefit from. Not many. It's the first commandment with a promise. What? That it may be well with you, that it may be good for you, and that you may live long on the earth. So, in contradiction to our culture's attack on God-given authority and law, here we say, here we see God saying, this is how you can please me. As Paul said in Colossians. Children, how can you please God? Honor your father and your mother. Obey them. Love them. We've been working our way through the book, and remember the book, uh, the three theme words. We're to summarize the book of Ephesians. See if you're listening. See if you remember. What is the first word? Anybody? What are you doing right now? Sit. Sitting, seated in heavenly places in Christ. Sit. And then starting in chapter 4, what's the word? Walk. Sit. Walk. Stand is we haven't got there yet. Okay. So we've been looking at from chapter 4, verse 1, he says, Walk. Because you're seated in Christ, now walk according to who you are. Conduct your life according to who you are in Christ. Walk. Follow Jesus. So we're seated in heavenly places. It's designed to give us a right orientation in life. And now he says, with your feet planted solidly on earth and moving for Christ. That's what he's talking about. Application, practical application. How do I practically apply the grace of God in my life? And he says, walk, 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 walk. Okay? And this is part of this text is part of that walking with Jesus. So I have the first question. Uh, the first point is a question, who is it that I am supposed to honor? And first and foremost, the answer is, like if you're in Sunday school and you have a question, the safest answer to any question in Sunday school is God. Okay, right? It's usually the safest answer. You're good chance you're going to be correct, Right? So who is it that I'm supposed to honor? I'm supposed to honor God. I'm supposed to respect God. I'm supposed to reverence God. I'm supposed to fear God. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. It is the logical thing to do if we understand who God is. 
If God is who he says he is in the Bible, holy, exalted, transcendent, and on and on and on, the logic, the, the, the smartest thing, the right thing to do is to honor and worship him. So we live in a world that's insane because it's in rebellion against the, the logical thing to do. No God. I'm God. Not him. Is that the world? Is that mankind? The answer is yes. So who we are to honor? We're to honor God. We're to, he is exalted above all creation. He's the creator. He's the provider. And this is where people don't like even thinking about God. They try to pair, uh, uh, banish God from their thinking. He is also judge. I think that's the motivation. I don't want to be judged by God, so I will just dismiss God out of my life. True or false? True. I don't want there to be a God because that means he's God, I'm not. And that means I have an account. I will have to give an account to him one day. Is that in the Bible? Will God judge us for all the things that we've done in life? The answer is yes. Here's a question. Will anybody go into heaven because of what they've, they've done? Okay. Is that in Revelation chapter 20? Will we be judged for our works? The answer is yes. Will we go to heaven because of our works? The answer is no. What does it say? The only way to get into heaven is having your name written into the book of life. Do you write it in or does Jesus write it in? Jesus writes it in. By grace you are saved through faith, and that and not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works as any man should boast. Right? So then why do good works? Because that's what we're created to do. Right? It's, it's the logical thing to do. So the opposite of that is to be a fool. Right? What does the Bible say in Psalm 14? The fool has said in his heart, No, God. Or no God. Fear God. Reverence God. Respect him. He's our heavenly father. He is the one who created us. And who else are we supposed to honor? Those created in his image. Have you ever thought of mankind as the crown of creation? What other thing in creation has been referenced as being created in the image of God? Are animals created in the image of God? Is there anything? No. The answer is no. Is that why we honor life, human life? And the taking of human life requires serious intervention. Well, uh, Genesis chapter 9, right? Serious. We are called to honor one another. We are the crown of creation. God has entrusted into our hands dominion over creation. Did that, was that taken away at the fall? Was man taken out of having authority over creation? The answer is no, he still is. But now he's a rebellious servant. And Christ came to conquer. 
The gospel is the gospel of the victory declaration of Jesus Christ over all rebels. Amen? Amen? Is Jesus Lord? Is he not only Lord of those who say he's Lord, is he Lord over those who say no? He is King of kings and Lord of lords. He's reigning from heaven now. So we do honor those who create an image of God. We don't take their life, right? Sixth commandment, thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not murder those who are created in the image of God. Who else are we to honor? Those placed in authority over us. In particular, in our text today, it's fathers and mothers. We're called to be in subjection to them. I skipped the proposition or the, uh, the main point. I'm going to read it. God has chosen to reveal himself and his care for us first through our earthly mothers and fathers. Through them, he challenges us to obey him and, to, and teaches us how to show him the respect he deserves. Even better, he provides many positive incentives to motivate and encourage us to hear and receive, to trust and obey. One author talking about that idea of being in subjection to those in authority over us, including our, our parents, um, he says, subjection is easiest to tolerate when it comes to our parents. Agree or disagree? That was a tough one. Right? Well, do we like to submit to anybody? That's hard, right? But he says, the Lord uses our parents. Uh, the Lord, therefore, gradually accustoms us to all lawful subjection, since the reason for all is the same. Indeed, he shares his name with those to whom he has given preeminence, so far as it is necessary to preserve this, the title father, and you can add mother. Those persons, therefore, with whom he shares this title, he lights up with a spark of his splendor, so that each may be distinguished according to his degree. Thus, in him who is our father, we should recognize something divine because he does not bear the divine title without cause. And he goes on to say, another author goes on to say, it is, the, it is the first school, our family, our mother, our father, is our first school of, of learning to submit to authority. Right? The little baby, nursing baby, on up. How we treat our parents, how we learn respect or not, affects the rest of our life. You learn to disrespect your parents, what happens? You start disrespecting the police officer. You start disrespecting laws. What happens? There are consequences. So we are called to respect, to honor those in authority over us, especially fathers and mothers. It is God's way of educating us on how to do so. And then finally, Scripture says, honor all men. Honor all. 
Why? Because they're in the image of God. That's hard to do sometimes, right? What's the hardest thing to do is to honor someone who's not honorable, right? At work, are there people at work out on the oil feed? For those of you at work, are there dishonorable uh, people, people that, that are we still called to honor them as a human being, to show them respect because they're created in the image of God? Even if they have no, there's no way that I can respect this man in my flesh. As he is, no, we're called to honor all, all men, including and especially our parents. My second point, why should I? And I love my answer there in the, in the outline. What do you think? Live long and prosper or die young and miserable. I don't know if any of you are Star Trek. Uh, Trekkies, you know, what is the Vulcan greeting, right? You know where that came from? Came from the synagogue. That's what the rabbi would say, live long and prosper. It's the word shalom. Shalom. Yeah, the Vulcans are the Jews of Star Trek world. At least that's what some have said. Okay. Live long and prosper. Isn't that what our text is saying? That it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. So what's the opposite? That it may go bad and you die young. Is, there, is that true? If we, not, we don't learn how to honor those in authority, it's a dangerous thing. This is the right thing, Paul says. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Why? Again, I'm answering the question why. Number one, because God commanded it. It isn't that God said it, I believe it, that settles it. It's God said it, that settles it. Whether you believe it or not doesn't matter. It's still true if God commanded it. It is the right thing to do. Even nature teaches us that. Well, I need to understand why I need to do this before I do it. Is that ever a temptation? I will only obey what I understand. If I can't understand, if I don't agree with you, I'm not going to do it. Is that submission to authority? The answer is no. Obey first. Explanation can follow. Or may not. We're still called to obey. Otherwise, if I only obey what I understand, who's in charge? Me. It's the right thing to do. Obey your parents. Honor your father and mother. Secondly, why should I do it? Because it is God's revealed will again. It's not based on personal character, kindness, expediency. It's because it's what God says. Number three, why should I do it? Because God promises two things. Number one, that it may be well with you. Or the title of the sermon, that it may be good for you. That's a promise. Secondly, why? Because God promises that you may live long in the promised land. At least that's what it was 
to the original audience. Well, you may live long on the earth. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 2. I've got two verses in Proverbs, positive and a negative. Positive, chapter 3, verse 2. Begin in verse 1. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life and shalom, peace, they will be added to you. Let your heart keep my commandments. Length of day, long life, and good shalom. What's the opposite? Live, die young and miserable. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 17. The eye that mocks his father and scorns obedience to his mother, the ravens of the valley will pluck it out and the young eagles will eat it. What is he saying? Disobey, you'll die or you'll be dead out in the valley and the ravens will come and pluck out your eye to make sure you're dead so they can eat you up. Pretty serious stuff, isn't it? We're not just talking theory here. It's life and death, according to the scriptures. Length of days, long life and peace shall be added to you. So why should I honor my father and my, my mother and those in authority? It's a life and death reason. So, how do I do it? Third question. How do I do it? Through obedience, honor, and gratitude. But let's turn that around. Let's Remember I mentioned earlier the word glory. Remember that? The key word for today is glory. So there's five elements, five ways that you can honor your father and your mother. And the, and the word glory is the key. So if I come up to you afterwards, I... Uh, kids, I'm expecting you to remember the word glory. You might not remember what they all stand for, the G and the L and the O and the R and the Y, but I want you to remember the word. Okay, glory. So, number one, glory, the G. What is the G? Gratitude. We are called to be grateful, to thank God for our parents. That may be the hardest one, right? especially when they tell me to do something I don't want to do. Or, have you ever had this situation happen where you, were, you know that you're supposed to go take out the trash, you're thinking about doing it, you're getting ready to do it, and then your mom says, go take out the trash. You ever had that happen before? And, oh, I'm so angry. I was just going to do that. Thankful. Expressing gratitude. Thank you, God for giving me my parents. For those of you that know, my mother lost her mother when she was one years old, possibly giving birth to her sister who also died. Then when she was six years old, she got very sick. Her dad took her to the hospital. They told him she's going to die, and he couldn't take it, and he left her in the hospital to die and moved to Chicago. From age six, she had no parents. When she was married was the first time she had a family again. And when she had gave birth to her firstborn son, 
her first flesh and blood. She experienced life without parents. Do you appreciate the gift? Are you thankful that God has given you parents, unlike my mother? We recently have an adoption, little Mella. She's around, but Mella now has a mommy and a daddy, legally, that love her. So what's the first? How do you, what was the last time you said, thank you, mom, thank you, dad, for being my mom, for being my dad? You ever? Boys? You ever said, thank you, mom, thank you, dad? Girls? Oh, I have to put up with them. No, I thank God for them. Could have been a different setting. So the first thing to do today, say thank you. The G. Second, what's the second letter? L. Anybody can guess what the next thing you're called to do? Love, okay. Love your parents. Uh, Richard Baxter, I didn't bring the book with me. Richard Baxter went into great detail here. I want to read what he said. Be sure that you dearly love your parents. Delight to be in their company. Be not like those unnatural children that love the company of their idle playfellows better than their parents and had rather be abroad about their sports than in their parents' sight. Now that's old English. We're talking 400 years ago. But what did he say? Who are these playfellows? Your buddies, your friends, your peers. I'll read it again. Be sure that you dearly love your parents. Delight to be in their company. Remember, they're only going to be around for a little while, and then they're gone. My parents are gone. I can't go to them and talk to them and ask them questions anymore. They're gone. Don't be presumptuous. Love your parents and rejoice in their company. He goes on to say, remember that you have your being from them and come out of their loins. Remember what sorrow you have cost them and what care they are at your, for your education and provision. Remember how tenderly they have loved you and what grief it will be it to their hearts if you miscarry, and how much your happiness will make them glad. Remember what love you owe them, both by nature and in justice, for all their love to you and all that they have done for you. They take your happiness or misery to be one of the greatest parts of the happiness or misery of their own lives. Deprive them not, then, of their happiness by depriving yourself of your own. Make not their lives miserable by undoing yourself. Though they chide you and restrain you and correct you, do not therefore abate your love to them, for this is their duty, which God requires them, and they do it for your good. Now, most of you parents are going to say, you know, I need a copy of that. Isn't that great? Great statement. Do we ever stop and think about what our parents are, uh, have done for us? How much they put up with us? 
We are called to love our parents. Okay, what's the third word? Oh, what do you think that one is? Obey? Is that what I heard? Obedience? Obey? Okay, bad word, four-letter word, obey. Ooh, right? He goes on to say, I hope you don't mind, I don't normally do a lot of reading, but this is, he, it's so good. Anyways, obey your parents in all things, which God forbiddeth not. Okay, so he throws that in. As long as your parents aren't telling you to go out and kill somebody or, you know, obey your parents in all things. Remember that as nature has made you unfit to govern yourselves, so God in nature hath mercifully provided governors for you. Isn't that an insult? God has made you unfit to govern yourself. True or false? As a child, as an infant, can you govern yourself as an infant? As a small child? As you grow up? Well, I'm an adult now. You're still a child in one sense. We need governors. We need those in authority over us. He goes on to write, to obey our parents is to do that what they, uh, to do which they command you and forbear that which they forbid you because it is their will you should do so. You must have in your minds a desire to please them and to be glad when you can please them and sorrow when you and be sorry when you offend them. That ever come to mind? Is that ever a, a thought in your mind? Well, what I'm about to do is going to be something that pleases my parents or is going to break their heart. You ever, does that cross your mind, kids? I remember one pastor said that he was hanging out, this was years ago, he was hanging out with his friends and they all smoked and they were all encouraging him to smoke cigarettes. And he said, I didn't smoke cigarettes because I knew what it would do to my mom. I, know it would, I knew that it would break her heart if she found out that I was smoking cigarettes. And so he said, that's what restrained me, constrained me from going along with my buddies. Is that at all in your mind when you are being tempted? Well, what do my parents think about this? Would they, be, would they approve or disapprove? Be ready, he says, you must not act, uh, uh, you must not set your intellect, your will against theirs, but readily obey their commands without unwillingness, murmuring, and or disputing. Whoops, ooh, that's hard. Though you think your own way is best and your own desires are but reasonable, yet your own intellect uh, and will must be subjected unto theirs, or how else do you obey them? Like I said, you're going to want a copy of this. I can make copies, parents. Kids, if you go, it would be good to read. Is it true that you should hire a teenager? What's the rest of the joke? Yeah, hire a teenager while they know everything. Right? We don't know anything, right? I'm I'm an old old man. I'm still learning. I don't I'm a dummy. So many things to learn. Consider it is the will of God that it should be so, and that he has made them as his officers to govern you, and in disobeying them you disobey him. True or false? 
You disobey your parents, are you disobeying God? Now, now again, he throws in a qualification as long as they don't tell you to go kill someone or a sin. But still, we're called, what's the third word? G-L-O, obey. R, anybody want to guess on that one? Oh, that would be good. Repent of all the things that I didn't do there. That would be good. No, it's respect. Reverence, respect. Kind of the same as honor, right? Same word. Honor your parents, both in your thoughts and speech and behavior. Which one's the hardest to govern? Your thoughts, your speech, or your behavior? Thoughts. Is that hard to honor your parents and your thoughts? Especially when they tell you to do something you don't want to do or you don't agree with. And the answer is yes. Speak not dishonorably, rudely, irreverently, or saucelessly. In other words, evil words. Uh, either to them or of them. Behave not yourself rudely and irreverently before them. Now this sounds like something that comes out of 400 years ago, doesn't it? That's not acceptable today. I am encouraged to talk evil about my parents by my peers, by my friends, aren't? especially when they want me to do something I disagree with. How, the, how is best you can honor your parents? Number one, believe the gospel. Father gave his son that we might become his sons and daughters. Believing the gospel, honoring God. Honoring your parents. Your parents are believers. What is the best way you can encourage and bless them is believe in Jesus and follow Jesus. Right? They're believers in Christ. That's what they want for you more than anything else. Heaven and hell, <laughs> they want the best for you. Esteem them. One author says, cultivate inward feelings for them. How? Courtesy. When was the last time you said to your father or your mother, yes, sir? Some of you are trained in that. You're to speak to those in authority as sir and ma'am. Do you? Yes, sir. Not just yes, dad. Yes, sir. Yes, father. Is there a difference? Courtesy, compassion, using the proper title, humility, asking for advice. When was the last time you asked for advice from your parents? What should I do here? Is that, is that natural for you? Or that's the last person I'm going to ask because I know what he's going to say. He's going to shoot down my idea. Well, he's your father. She's your mother. Honor, reverence. And what's the last one? Youth. Why? Glory. Youth. In other words, energy and care. Ex using your energy for their good. Many of you do that. Many of you kids. I'm talking to you kids. Many of you are very helpful around the house. Sometimes not so much. But you have energy and things that you can do that even they can't do anymore. Right, Dan? 50 years old. He's starting to feel it. Right? It's 
why he's given you three boys and a girl, right? Four boys, five boys. So youth, use what God has given you to honor your parents. Have I beaten you up enough yet? I'm skimming the surface of things that is written about that. I hope you understand. What is the summary? One word. Kids, I want to hear the kids say it. What's the one word that you're taking away from today? Thank you. Glory. Expressing gratitude, loving, obedience, respect, and use your energy for their good. That's ways that we can honor our parents. Does that mean that, what about us adults, grown kids? Can we still honor our parents, even if they're not with us? Speaking rightly of them, right? Honoring them with our thoughts. Honor your father and your mother. It will go, it will be good for you. Shall we pray? Father in heaven, we thank you for sending, giving us fathers and mothers who raised us. Though, yes, they are sinners too, and they have uh, failed in many ways, and we can find those, we can see those easily. Yet, your love toward us was in giving them, not only parents, but also those in authority over us. Help us, Lord, uh, to take these thoughts, these uh, points, this glory uh, summary, and put it into practice to honor those in authority over us, whether they be our parents or our boss or uh, the civil magistrate or whatever authorities that you've placed in our lives. Uh, enable us, O oh Lord, to truly express our thankfulness for them, uh, that you would enable us to love them, that you would actually love them through us, that we would be uh, of submissive and obedient unto you and to them, uh, that we would be able to respect, even if it's the uniform, uh, their position, uh, help us to be able to do so and enable us to use the things that you've given to us, including our energy and abilities uh, for their good and your glory. And so we, we commit this to you and we pray that you would be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen.